Hi, Gwei, and welcome, friends, to this week's episode of Branding Brujas, a podcast for those of you looking to add some magic to your marketing. We are so blessed you chose to join us this week, and we thank you. Before we get started, let's ground ourselves in this moment so we can be here and fully present. If you're willing and able, join with me now in some cleansing breaths. All breathing is in through the nose, out through the nose, for a count of four. Ready? Inhale. Two, three, four. Exhale. Two, three, four. Inhale. Two, three, four. Exhale. Two, three, four. Last one. Inhale. Two, three, four. Hold. And exhale. Two, three, four. Thank you for bringing yourself to this moment. Enjoy the show. All right, and we're back. Happy November, Indy. We made it through Halloween. We made it through Dia de Muertos. We made it through our masquerade, the most incredible old town party and fun of the weekend. Um, I'm so happy to be back here with you and kind of talking um, post Dia de Muertos, post Halloween, and as we prep for uh, more fall and coziness this, um, I guess, fall and winter, really. That's what we're entering. Yeah, it snowed last night. There's like a bunch of snow outside. True. I forgot about that part. That's sad. Uh, How are you feeling after all the things that went on? It was a very emotionally charged weekend. I didn't think I was going to need as much time to recover as I did, but I did. I think I took pretty much the whole week until yesterday to really recover and get my head on straight. So I'm feeling good, but it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I recovered until like today. And I think I'm back. Okay. Kind of, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, what a whirlwind. October's, a lot. The, October's the best month of the year, though, really. Ugh. Absolutely. It was all fun stuff. Like, and I don't want to make it seem like, complaining i think it was just we did a lot but it was all really awesome oh so awesome and i'm so excited for next year it's going to be like even better and just amazing i'm so excited um so i want to have some reflection here from our last episode so i'm i have a lot of guilt right now because i talked about how about my norwegian ancestry and um i miss i confused my own background and Rasmussen is actually a Danish name not Norwegian my grandma is Norwegian um she's first generation my great grandma lived and was born in Norway and then moved to Chicago so she's Norwegian she spoke Norwegian and my grandpa is who's Danish and I think they were always in the Midwest and I'm I'm sure there's some things I don't want to learn in that history so um anyway I I had some guilt and I really wanted to bring back um this reflection on my ancestors as I did more reflection and prayer in the last month or so leading up into Dia de Muertos. Um, 
I never would have called it prayer. Um, but I was listening to this podcast. I think I was telling you about how I've been listening to these motivational podcasts in the morning to kind of just get my shit together, get like going. And one of them was talking about how like when you wish for something or you hope for something or you like, they're not really there. That's not, it's not as much, right? It's not as like, it's more esoteric. It's more like a thought. It's whereas like if you you're praying for something or you do something, it's more like intentional, it's deeper. And I'm and I thought about things and where I do have a lot of prayer in retrospect like versus the other. Yeah. I think that's such an interesting concept because I also have like a weird relationship with the word prayer because it's mm-hmm. just it's rooted in some, you know not so great feelings I think for a lot of people who were raised in the church or any kind of Christian offshoot or whatever um but I have also I use prayer in the way that I do my spells so I would say that every single one of my spells is a prayer and it what you said that you said the exact right language it all boils down to the intentionality right like if you are making that statement with intentionality and you wholeheartedly believe it I think that's what the Christians do right is like they believe it like right a lot (laughs) like you know for real and so I think that's like what this guy and this podcast man of like really invested in it right and so I'm like what I have been carrying and saying with myself is prayer right and then it's been with my ancestors and you know where I'm going and where I've been and you know, obviously miss my dad all the time. So I got pictures of him right here. So I see him all the time. So yeah, I wanted to bring that up in the ref- uh, in reflecting today. Um, is there anything yeah. you're reflecting on? Yeah, um, this is actually, so this is a little bit of like watching Chichisme, but um, I have been reflecting on it a lot. I had a wild I haven't told you this yet I had a wild conversation with my father-in-law this past weekend oh. so I told you he came into town for the day then went to a celebration and uh he and my mother-in-law are from the midwest they're from Nebraska they are awesome people to my children but we have somewhat of a tenuous relationship I wouldn't call it a bad relationship by any means but it's definitely one that's like very uncomfortable and my father-in-law and I used to be really really close so I always like considered him an ally I always loved chatting with him we always had pretty similar views and then around the 2016 election Hmm. something kind of switched um and that was tough on me really tough on me like I hadn't seen him in this capacity before he became very withdrawn from me and I really struggled with it because I wasn't close with my mother-in-law and so she was already withdrawn from me and then my father-in-law all of a sudden withdrawn you know so I was like I don't feel welcome now in this house and that's really that was really hard for me from there up, up until really the 2020 election So for those four years, it was really complicated. And then even after the 2020 election, it was really like, you know, touch or go. But recently, because of the work that I've been doing with the BIPOC Alliance, my husband has been talking more to his father about these things because it's coming up in my day to day. Like it's just happening all the time. So he's been reflecting a lot lately and 
I don't know if he listens to this. I doubt he does. But if he does, this is nothing. None of this is bad. This is all very positive. He shared with me that he had some racist thoughts when he was younger and he feels a lot of shame and guilt and that no one really likes to admit those things. And um, he was talking about like his own internal biases and how he like, he never really thought about them, but they've always just kind of shown up. And I was like, yeah, it's tough. Like, you know, and I just listened and he asked about my experiences and, you know, I think he was pretty shocked to hear that. Like, I still experience a lot of racism today. And I think he was doubly shocked to hear that it happens when I'm with the kids. Um, Cause I think he kind of thought that they were protected because they are white passing. Um, but it was cool, dude. Like I'm like kind of getting chills and shakes thinking about it now. Like it was really, really positive. And so it was rooted. Uh, the connection kind of to ancestry was that they recently, he's been questioning his ancestry and he started noticing some things like he, they have very like textured curly hair um, that is like probably more textured than mine, honestly. Um, and they tan really well. And he started looking at pictures of like some of his old family members and was like questioning their bone structure. And um, so it was really interesting because we've never in the almost decade that I've been with my husband had these kinds of conversations we've talked about race but it's either been very very bad like very ten you know tension like very tenuous um or it's been like very shallow very surface level Mm -hmm. and this was a really deep enriching conversation and um I learned that my mother-in-law one of uh, I think her father's grandmother was um indigenous in some capacity um so that was interesting and i mean it obviously comes rooted with some some you know challenging things right we know why indigenous women were married into white families so there is some kind of like negative feelings there too but i mean obviously i don't fault her or her family for that but it was interesting because i do feel like you know this, JR, my indigenous culture is, is a huge piece of who I am and what I'm becoming. And my husband wanted that piece. So he wanted to share that connection with me so bad and he just couldn't. And so in talking about this, like, obviously he's not going around saying that he's indigenous. Now, yeah. <laughs> but, but he he feels like we can share this and we can talk about this more. And now he's a little bit more interested in getting his ancestry DNA. Remember I said last episode that he did not want to do it. So after all this, it's been a weird, I said it was an emotional weekend. (laughs) That's awesome. How exciting. I'm really happy that you could have that kind of conversation. It probably feels like pretty cathartic and also like validating those. I don't know. I'm just glad. I'm, I'm so glad for you and for him, for your kids too, to, for like, him as an elder to be able to make that shift in his own mentality. That's beautiful. Yeah, it, it is. And I will say this just in case he's listening. I don't want him to think that I don't like him. I do. I love him so much. Love you, Rob. But he's always been this way. He's always had this mentality. So I said that before 2016, 
we very much so shared these like conversations that were deep. I think in the election and in the media and the way that things were portrayed, got you know, I don't want to, I know we're going to talk politics at some point today, so I will bring politics into it. I think the way in which the division in the political world is set up, you're not allowed to reach over to the other side. It's kind of like you've drawn your line in the sand. I am very liberal. There's no secret there. (laughs) He was very conservative. There was no secret there. And even though he had these like societal views, these societal views that are what I thought were very progressive when I met him, you know, years ago, and I always thought were progressive. I think because he was voting a certain way, I I just don't think he he could believe those things anymore or could express those things or was getting information about those things. I think he was very siloed in what he was viewing. And since, yeah, I would say within the last like six months, he's sort of changed. He started hanging out with his grandson more, which is why children are beautiful. He's been spending more time with um, my brother-in-law's kids. So I think that's helping him just kind of break from this like media coma. And I've been very honest about this. He, This is not a secret. He knows I feel this way. Good. Uh, I love hearing this. And I love that. Yes, we are <laughs> talk about politics today. And that's actually a beautiful segue, Indy. Um, we are kind of taking this episode a bit like winging it a little bit today because life is crazy we all know that um and we have elections midterm elections next tuesday so a couple days here it's friday um it'll be on tuesday and so um this topic is actually going to be a little bit more on the witchy side than on our branding side so i wanted to give that disclaimer for folks who are continuing to listen and hoping to hear some more about Uh, marketing and business, we're actually going to talk a little bit about plants. We're going to talk about decolonizing plants. And that actually relates to elections this year because um, um, there is an initiative on the ballot that we wanted to talk about. It is Prop 122, the Decriminalization and Regulated Access Program for Certain Psychedelic Plants and Fungi. Legalizing shrooms. Yes. So basically legalizing mushrooms. Um, and on a personal level, big fan. Um, definitely enjoy. Um, but I want to reflect a little bit on this proposition. Um, so if this is passed, it defines certain psychedelic plants and fun fungi? Fungi, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Fungi as quote unquote natural medicine. Um, it decriminalizes the possession, sales, and growth of natural medicinal plants. And it establishes a quote regulated natural medicine access pr- program, end quote, for licensed healing centers to administer natural medicine services. Um, so I put together this like whole ballot guide type of deal like reflection and had a had a nice conversation with some folks yesterday and um I was bummed you couldn't make it India because when we were talking about this proposition we probably like settled on this for a while and um sat, sat on this one for a while and talked about it for a while um and you know I I'm I choose to be child free um, but everyone on that call did have children and of varying ages so it was really interesting to hear perspectives that from a parent and from a, a perspective as a person as a non-parent so before i dive into more that's that i i I gathered i want to hear kind of like your initial thoughts on this proposition indy 
And this plant uh, in particular. I will say that I'm a fan of the plant. Um, I have a, I just have an affinity for psychedelics in general. Um, I think that they are beautiful for spiritual healing um, and also just bringing joy to your life. So I will say that and get that out of the way. I am very conflicted on this proposition. Mm-hmm. I am so anti the war on drugs. I, uh, from that perspective alone, I want to support it. And this is where my husband and I have been kind of going head to head because we believe that the criminalization of plants is just problematic. Yeah. I will say, however, I am very concerned with the implementation mm-hmm. of this proposition. And I do believe in, I, I'm very concerned about access to this recreationally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very concerned about people utilizing what I would consider to be a very powerful medicinal healing plant and just using it for funsies without the guidance of trained healers and I know that they have like they're going to create centers but from everything that I've read and gathered they're not going to be much different than marijuana dispensaries and they're not going to even be able to give recommendations um so with that I I'm really at a loss for how it's going to be implemented properly. That is my big stuck right now because I do know horror stories of people Mm -hmm. who have done too much without proper guidance. So yeah. Yeah, I guess my interpretation when it says like established regulated natural medicine access program for licensed healing centers to administer natural medicine services, I'm under the impression that it's like an in quote unquote inpatient type thing. You go Mm -hmm. there, you stay there for the whole trip. The whole journey, mm-hmm. rather, like mm-hmm. you, you go for a journey, mm-hmm. um, and you're you buy, you pay for a journey, whatever it is, and you're there. But I, I didn't think it was you took it, you bought it, and went home with it. I so I didn't do enough research on this one. I wanted to reference what you had said about ending the war on drugs, and I want to share something that the ACLU Colorado shared. And so ACLU says to vote yes on Proposition One Twenty Two because it's yes to ending the war on drugs. Um, they support a full and complete end complete end to the failed and racist war on drugs. The ACLU endorses public policies that take steps toward ending drug criminalization in favor of a well-regulated market and treatment-based approaches and unwinding the harms of 50 years of failed drug policy. I mean, that, yeah. 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 And so like when it comes to decolonizing plants, so I don't think this is like a way of decolonizing plants personally because they're still going to regulate it right they're going to make it accessible but regulate it and then like we'll see the same shit we saw or similar shit we saw with marijuana where like quality mm-hmm. quality changes and like yeah and and it, it does t- i i'm like so with you and like i hope it like can still remain a sacred plant that it is that creates this like really beautiful recovery aspect versus like yeah like just to party and don't get me wrong Obviously, yeah. it's a party before, but I've also used it to help treat symptoms of depression. And that was like super valuable times in my life, like through a microdose. Yeah. So it, it's tough. And I think the other concern, right, with mushrooms and with plant medicine, I think in general, mm-hmm. is how to dose appropriately. Yeah. So 
a trend that's been going around on TikTok lately. This is not about mushrooms. This is actually about cannabis, but it relates. So a trend that's been going around on TikTok lately is all these cannabis influencers are coming out and they're saying like, you say you want to be a stoner, you say you want this aesthetic, but you can't handle like all the downs that come with it. And the truth of the matter is, is that those people are abusing cannabis. They're no longer using cannabis, right? They're abusing it. And because we have, you know, we've kind of normalized it and allowed for it to be just part of consumption. I know other people have their feelings, but in Colorado, it's very normal. So we've normalized it. And I think because of that, people just overuse it and you know that I'm a big cannabis user I use it frequently throughout the day but even I have to tell myself like when enough is enough right like so I just think and I'm an adult I'm in my 30s I could do that I don't know that a a 16 year old could and I think I don't know if that's where the conversation with you guys went yesterday but that's another concern that I would have yeah, absolutely. That that is where part of the conversation went yes yesterday as well. Um, but then some of the ar- arguments to that were like, well, then well, isn't it the parents? Or, and it came down to parent responsibility, right? So then, like, what is the parent doing? Have they had conversations with their kids about how you know? It's like, yeah, I'm not again not a parent, but I'm I do believe that that it it is probably a better way to ha- keep an open conversation around the topic, right? Like I'm, I'm not a parent. I know it's probably much easier said than done, but like, I think about drinking, how do you introduce alcohol to a kid? How do you, how is that introduced to somebody's life? It's kind of like the same process. How can you teach a child to have a healthy relationship with alcohol? I assume is it like, as a parent, you have to think about that. And then you, then you just apply it to other drugs. And I'm, and I'm assuming cannabis is now the next thing a lot of parents are doing. And my dad taught me like a healthy relationship with alcohol of just like have it kick him back right just a couple here and there yeah and sometimes you have a little too much fun and like he was straight up about it and I was like I get it I can I get it he's like not all the time but maybe sometimes I was like yeah okay sometimes I mean I was in my early 20s so before so I've definitely done it more than just a couple (laughs) times in my life but uh, yeah no but and I mean oh we're gonna talk about alcohol like I think oh yeah <laughs> right like come on we're gonna talk about the decriminal or the criminalization and the decolonization of all these things alcohol is another one that worries me and actually this is not this is another proposition that's on the ballot they want to make alcohol more accessible than it already is so they want to put it in grocery stores and they want to make it so that people can yeah. get it delivered. I was like, trying to figure out the second one. So they want to put it in grocery stores and they want to make it through delivery services. There's actually three about alcohol. It's like there is another ballot of proposition about allowing more licenses for liquor stores too. So you can yes. have more liquor stores. Okay. So like, let's just the, the complete divide. Right. Let's make alcohol, which is proven to be so dangerous. And I have a very different relationship with alcohol because my father is a recovering alcoholic, been sober for like 15 years now. Go dad. Um, But addiction definitely runs in my family. I've had my own bouts with it. So I am a firm believer that it should not be more accessible than it already is. It's so accessible. Um, 
And yet we want to make these other drugs that we have, because you mentioned, you mentioned the parents. Um, we can have conversations with our kids all we want about things, you know, but if we don't normalize it, and if it's not normalized from like a media perspective either, right? Like how the, what other means are the kids exposed to these things? It's going to be challenging, I think, to keep it out of their hands. Um, just like it's challenging for parents to keep alcohol out of their kids' hands, even when they're open and they have conversations about it. Totally. Oh, I mean, we wanted to talk about decolonizing plants today, and then we just opened up the whole can of worms with midterm elections. So, um, <laughs> I, know. I know, I'm sorry, but, but no, I mean, I wanted to do that. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I would like to touch into this decolonizing of plants, but also let's talk about it all. Um, yeah, I think we should revisit plants again, though, and talk more about them, because then I can talk all about my tattoos and how beautiful they are. And yeah. we can talk about... I learned oh, a lot so about much. marigolds and Sempasuchil this year too, which was really fun with Day of the Dead. Yeah. I flowers and plants are so amazing and they're so healing. Mm-hmm. They have so many powers. And I would love, I don't know a ton about like the healing powers of plants outside of like basic like witchcraftery. <laughs> I don't know a ton, but I would love to learn more. Mm. Something about decolonizing, I just is making me think of it as we're talking and thinking about midterms. Because another thing that's on my mind is inflation. Um, that's all that's on my mind. <laughs> and you like <laughs> must have a farm to feed myself. <laughs> exactly. I need to start growing my own food. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm done. I just went to the grocery store and bought some raspberries. This happens every single time I buy raspberries. I'm just going to give up. They look so good from the outside. And then you open them up and they're moldy and they're gross inside every single time. We've just given up on buying raspberries. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's so devastating. Raspberries are like my favorite fruit. I love raspberries. But I, yeah, I need a farm. I need to. Yeah, I guess we're going to go into farming right after this. Our next venture is farming, urban farming. That's where we're going. Yes, teach everyone how to have it. I think everybody knows that's a secret dream of mine. I have too many dreams. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's have some final thoughts today about our elections, about our ancestors, about recolonizing. Are we recolonizing plants by putting shrooms on yes. the planet and that yeah we are recolonizing we're not decolonizing we're commercializing yeah okay yeah, we're commercializing so okay the, so our final thoughts in conclusion we are recolonizing plants not decolonizing um and we need to learn to communicate better as a whole as a community as a family as a society maybe i don't know i mean yeah <laughs> definitely yeah like do your work do your reading do your communication do your study to make sure you vote accordingly that is in alignment with your mission vision and values your personal values um you know i'm hoping people's values are they don't believe in violence they believe in kindness and honesty and transparency um that's my preference yeah i mean just right when you're looking at the ballot it's important 
to decide what you feel right about. Like, don't be swayed one way or another. Um, obviously, there are certain things like this makes sense. You should be voting this way. And if you need clarity, of course, seek that. And there's so many like awesome people who have answers for where they stand. But, you know, some things are a little bit more complicated than that. And so you kind of got to make that decision for yourself. Absolutely. Uh, Maybe in the show notes, we can share links to the Black Women's Voter Guide and um, this PowerPoint I made, or it could even be the Colorado Statewide Latino Ballot Guide. Yeah, let's share a few ballot guides so that way you guys have a lot of information and you can make an informed decision. Awesome. All right, well, I think we need to get regrounded in that as we end today. So inhale, lift the chest, exhale, soften your shoulders, lean back into your sits bones, soften the muscles in your face. Inhale through the nose up towards the third eye, lift the chest, hold the breath at the top, and exhale slowly through the mouth and a nice sigh. Much better. Beautiful. Thanks to anyone who is listening and made it this far in the episode. Um, You can follow us on Instagram at Branding Brujas. Uh, You can visit us online at brandingbruja.com or, yeah, call us, text us. Connect with us. Send us an email. We're here. We want to connect with you guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye.